Welcome back, everybody, to episode 239 of The A Show. I'm myself and Meals, one half of The King, a pro wrestling podcast. You may be wondering, actually, you're probably not wondering if you follow this guy on any social media platform. Justin is not here. He is not even in this country, which means it is Meals rules on this show. That means anything goes. That means we can do anything. I don't care what is said. I don't care what opinions are substantiated. I, you know what? I do actually care. But Justin isn't here on this show. He's on his honeymoon. He is now in wedded bliss, and we'll see how that now affects everything moving forward. But I want to say congratulations to him. It looked like a very the, – the wedding did not beat the allegations at all. Um, if that was anything of the sort, and nor does the honeymoon, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but it was a great RNC wedding. I couldn't be there for reasons that I will disclose at a later date. Um, but it was beautiful. But of course, you didn't just come here to hear me. I mean, me talking on a podcast for 90 minutes by myself, I don't know how y'all would do it, but I would feel completely weird doing it. So I am here joined by guests, and I use guests as plural because there's two of them. One, I was just on The War Report last week, so you've got to be familiar to this duo, at least for the past week. I am here with, um, I think what they refer to you as is a butt-looking scumfuck or something along those lines. <laughs> um... Yeah, I you know I got a lot of nicknames online. Uh, Potty butt dick. I, yeah, whatever whatever they were saying to me in that tweet, I muted that tweet like immediately when I post posted it. So I don't know what they're saying, but that was know. hilarious. We'll go on. But like, look, I'm man, find the actual tweet. Go on, Quan. You're I, here. It's obviously Quan from the world. It's Quan yes. from the world. You can call me OG Quanny Five this week. Um, look, someone has to be controversial out here. It's gonna be me. I got some stuff I got to say today, but look, oh god, no, nothing crazy, nothing crazy, nothing crazy. I'm not, I'm not picking sides. This is an episode of controversial, Quan. I'm not, I'm not picking sides. I'm just saying I got some things I got to say. But um, I'm happy to be here in all seriousness, though. And uh, congratulations, Justin, for the the beautiful wedding. It looked great. Absolutely, I'm here as I'm getting notifications that my Grubhub, which is supposed to be free from <laughs> 11 to 2 p.m. in New York City, has been delayed. Not surprised. Um, nor would I want to get up and have to, uh, in the middle of the show, get up and have to do something with it. I'm literally looking for what they, oh, damn. Okay. Oh, you see, I heard and you that, talking shit. That's my mom. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if I could, I mean, if I could, listen, with all the audio issues that we got going on, I would love to introduce my mom to this podcast, but, um, yeah, not going to, um, who we also have featured on this show, man. Listen, I'm very proud of him. Recent grad graduate 
he has gone way further than I have in any sort of academic <laughs> school or anything. And professional athlete, man, listen, you doing the damn thing. You may have heard his voices and his opinions and everything of the rather in our A-Show Twitter spaces after pay-per-views, which we have got to bring back at some point. There's been a lot of just like cross signals and people here and people not here and all this other stuff like that. But we have, he calls himself Cash Out. I need the history behind that name. Sid Jones. What's poppin', bro? Wrestling has more than one royal podcast. <laughs> just just imagine me coming through the under the stage, you know. I got the bunch of pyro, spending a lot of money. But what's going on, guys? What's poppin', bro? How you been, man? Listen, your first time on any of, of the A show programming. I'm very happy to have you. Um Bro, how did uh, talk? Please go. Off. <laughs> I I think it's funny though because I remember when I first started the A show, I wanted your job, Mills, and look how far we got. <laughs> wow, you, I wanted my job. You, I remember you remember because you know you lost your smile, and I was just like, "Hey, J Five, you know I'm here. If you need a tag team partner, I'm one of them guys in the back. You know when you play 2K and you just need a partner in like the my career. I was <laughs> I was waiting in the shadows, but um, dang, this is like the first time I had. And now you took J5's job. I know, look right? How, look, how, look how life turns out, bro. <laughs> Listen. Hey, man. All, all respect to J5. Congrats on the marriage. Crazy, because I think was last week was my dad and my stepmom's three-year anniversary. So I, I love seeing all the black love going on. And Come on, love. And as you said, you know, I'm a recent, I just finished up grad school. So two degrees, Sid, about to be walking around with uh, both my degrees like I'm um, Seth for Jericho or any double champ at this or point Roman, or Roman at this point, man. Acknowledge me, you know. But <laughs> acknowledge these degrees, ag- nigga. Acknowledge <laughs> and pay me <laughs> for real, for real. Um, oh, you know what else? You know what else? Connecticut in the building. I didn't yeah, even know. I was about to say that. CT takeover. Come on, huh? CT takeover. Oh wow! It's a CT takeover. Come on. What's the best thing about Connecticut, guys? As a and I found the thing you were officially known to Quan as a boot-looking fucking nut. So. <laughs> Damn, I, that and it That's says you crazy. deleted the tweet. I did. So, I sure did. I sure did. But boot-looking fuck nut is see Quan top tier. Quan, you, you ain't sturdy. You supposed to mute the tweet like I did with a certain tag team. I, I, I did. You know what? I muted the tweet because when more information came out, I felt like it wasn't fair for me to make fun of Sasha like that. So I took I took it back. I'm I'm willing to take stuff back when you know I was wrong. Good for you. I'm not. I'm not, you, I'm not. I don't need to. I don't need to stand on it. Growth. Um, this is, Sid has not. I'm, I'm sure you have not deleted no nope. waves and curls tweet. <laughs> nope. And then the funny thing is, I saw them at SmackDown. I said, "Damn, I feel." Shout out to them. <laughs> That's all I can say. I just... Shout out to waves and curls, baby. Sometimes Come you on. sometimes you take your L's in peace, man. That's all you gotta do. Listen, man. Well, listen. You have you have you have just as many degrees as they have members in their tag team. So listen look at that <laughs> look how god works for you man you know listen this is a very interesting episode for both of you guys to be on yeah i was expecting this episode to be fun i was expecting it to be light and it can still be all of those things but i was not expecting the shit storm that came to our front door last night watching monday night raw at any point 
<laughs> during this week. I'm like, oh, okay, we got to sit on. We got to have Quan on. It's going to be fun. I didn't know it was a Connecticut takeover, but you know what? Tri-State is in the building. I feel it. We're on the East Coast time. E.T. No P.T. Feel me? Um, but we... I didn't expect everything to be talked about today. So obviously on this show, we're going to talk big, big, big about the Sasha Banks and Naomi situation. Um, We're going to talk about that major. But first things first, we got to get, well, first of all, Sid, since you're here, yeah. first time on the show, access for everybody, first time on the show. How'd you get into wrestling? Mm, good question. So, um, for me, I started. I had to start around six or seven when I got into wrestling, and uh, mm. so I was young. I think like one of the first. I think I started once around the Shawn Michaels Triple H rivalry, and I think they were going into Bad Blood when I think Shawn faced who Rick. I think it was around that time. So I think that's when I started. Yes, two thousand three. Yeah, sounds like very two thousand three. Yeah, so I was around six years old. Um. But I started, I really, really got into it because around that time, my cousins had their uh, N64 and had no mercy. So that was kind of my, mm. my introduction to seeing wrestling and things like that. And then just one day I popped on the TV and hadn't stopped. And I think my fandom has just grown, you know. That's how it happened. Bro, Quan, Quan, did you have no mercy? That's my favorite wrestling game of all time. Absolutely had no mercy. Easily. easily. It is one of the best. It's probably still $65 today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pro- yeah, I still have mine, actually. It's sitting in my um in a drawer somewhere. I don't know why. I still, cause my N64 is cooked, but I still have the games. If, if I ever want to buy a new one, I got it. I'm sure they can. Nah, they probably, if it's anything like Game Boy, that shit probably, like, <laughs> explodes in, like, 20. We got, like, five more years on it before this shit just stops working out in general. Oh, wow. Um. <laughs> But nonetheless, I mean, great, ama- great, amazing story. I'm glad you're here, Sid. We're we're here to talk about a whole bunch of things on this podcast. Before we get into anything, I want to give a shout out to our brand new patron, Citrin pa- Poppy X. Um, shout out to you for becoming a patron. We are here. And of course, anybody can become a patron. A show, <clears throat> RNC, patron dot, pat- patreon.com backslash the a show rnc and you can sign up become a patron and get all the you know crazy content i just listened to the podcast with cyrus and and justin talking about street fighter the movie which is incredible and it's only something that you're gonna hear when you (laughs) with us on patreon um and a whole bunch of other content man listen don't just do it for the 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 stuff that we got going on the weekly go back to all the we got content hashtag content so make sure you subscribe to the A-Show Patreon as we talk about this big thing. Um, you know what we're going to do is we're going to go into the Patreon section of the show first. And then we're going to get into No Holes Barred. And we're going to talk about everything that you wanted to hear us talk about. So let's get into the Patreon section of this show. Exclusive. Um, exclusive, exclusive. Brand new. DJ Clue, 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 Clue. <laughs> Desert Storm, 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 Storm. Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. And finally, get into No Holes Barred. We got the topic of all topics to talk about this week. And shout out to you. I mean, if you're you subscribed to the Patreon to hear a whole discussion on live events and all this other stuff like that. But Sasha Banks, this the spectacle, the, the, not spectacle. You know what? The I don't want to do 
the saga continues. I I low-key feel like I'm Joe Budden's end of this situation right now. And I want to hit, like, you know, I want to tell Savon, go put that on the screen or something along those lines. But Sasha Banks and Naomi, obviously the hottest story of the last 24 hours and probably the hottest story of the week. Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of Monday Night Raw last night and everything, I mean, from the timeline to backstage to Raw itself is completely flipped. A little bit upside down, man. Listen, I want to set the stage for this. And then we get into our thoughts about this. It was reported initially there would be a six-pack challenge to determine the number one contender for the women's championship featuring Sasha Banks, Naomi, Dewdrop, Nikki Ash, Becky Lynch, and Asuka. A blockbuster match on any, like, this is, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be something you remember, but it quite honestly is going to be probably the best show best match on the show by far after the first match of the night which featured almost and lashley which we'll get into a segment took place with adam pierce and becky lynch saying that she got word that naomi and sasha banks had walked out of monday night raw and that the match needed to change and now the main event was now becky lynch versus oscar which was my first question mark over my head situation i was like what but then i thought it was a work i already thought it was a work um Going into this at that moment on Raw, what did you guys think, or did you even catch it? So when I was watching it, um, I saw people excited on the timeline about the six woman um, main event. I was like, okay, that's, that's a cool little main event. I'm cool with that. And then yeah, with the Becky, the Becky thing, I was like, oh, why would they announce that match and then switch it like that? That's really interesting. And why would they give away Becky and Oscar free? With no buildup, just out of nowhere. I said, that's really strange. Something doesn't sound right. And then lo and behold, you know, maybe 15 minutes later, we get our answer. What did you think, uh, Sid? Well, for me, I was going through the airport in flight. So I think I got off my flight at LaGuardia and I saw one of my friends in one of our I'm sorry to hear that. I, I got off my flight and I saw one of my friends put in the group chat like, yeah, Sasha uh, and Naomi left Raw. But I was just like, well, I mean, they aren't Raw competitors. So, I mean, I guess they <laughs> I'm thinking like from just a dumb perspective of like, yeah, they, you know, they, they probably ain't, they smacked out. Yeah, I was like, they, they probably ain't have no match or something like the car change or whatever. So, of course, they're going to leave. But then I just looked up Sasha on Twitter and then I saw what happened. I said, oh, we're, we're here again. And that was kind of my reaction <laughs> again, <laughs> right? Again, um, reaction. But I, I wasn't mad at the Becky Oscar. Thing. Well, we'll talk about it more. So I'll just stay right there. But yeah, yeah no, <laughs> we're gonna definitely talk about this a lot more. I mean, this situation to me, it's very. I mean, especially with the news concerning this. So Fightful Select was the first one to kind of like break out and give us more information on this and says um, those that we heard from WWE Raw Tag Team Champion Sasha Banks wasn't satisfied with the creative associated with their plans for the evening. As Fightful Select reported, Sasha was involved in a six-pack challenge with Naomi, Asuka, Doudrop, Nikki Ash. During the Raw broadcast, it was announced, blah, blah, blah. Um, we're told that Sasha Banks had a meeting with Vince McMahon and voiced her displeasure about a situation and wouldn't budge on her stance. Vince McMahon was also said to be unwilling to budge herself. We have not heard, specifically heard that Naomi was involved, but that she and Sasha Banks left before the start of the show. Um, 
pacily produced segments. Um, in an update, we've learned that Naomi was scheduled to win the match, and that was the kicker that kind of threw everybody off their rocker and be like, this brings in the ethical discussion and the banter and the rants and the debate that's back and forth now between like what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do, or like what you should do and what you shouldn't do in this situation. Um, I'll say this first thing first. In terms of just the information that we give them there. Because I'm looking at all the information that we talked about. Was this unprofessional? I say walking off of any job is unprofessional. Um, unfortunately. As much as the narrative would like to lean in our direction. And it's just like ultimately like you're trying to fight for what you want and what you believe. And we all support that as well. At the end of the day, like the, the act and the notion of walking off a job is unprofessional. So um, I want to get that out of the way, not necessarily want to start with that, but get that out of the way, because I don't want that to be, you know, not recognized at any point that it was definitely unprofessional. Um, now, in terms of that, I, th I think just kind of like ethics behind it and, and, and the, you know, kind of everyone's feelings and motivations behind it. I'm not fully sure. There's a lot of conflicting stories about this. The only thing that I know that we know, I mean, we don't know anything for sure. The only thing that we know for sure is what WWE based on is what WWE has told us, which I'll get into right now. WWE issued a statement. They never do this, by the way, which is very interesting. No, actually, I'm lying. I'm super lying because they definitely did it when Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out of Raw. <laughs> and I th I believe they also did it. I'm not sure if they did it when CM Punk walk walked out of Raw, but I know they definitely did it when Stone Cold Steve Austin walked out of Raw because I remember specifically going to WWE.com in 2002 and reading that on the website that Stone Cold Steve Austin has left Raw. We have no idea. Things have scheduled to change. And it was a similar thing of like, we promised this and we apologize for that. Um. WWE issued a statement it says when Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena tonight or this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relations John Laurinaitis's office with their suitcases in hand and placed their tag team championships belts on his desk and walked out. Belts is very like a red flag for me. I'm like, yo, who wrote this? <laughs> um, they claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. And even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Yo, stop right Monday there. Night Raw. Stop, stop right there Go real ahead. quick. That is the most sassy little paragraph I've ever seen a statement from a Fortune 500 company do. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was a Tony Khan tweet in a statement. I don't know who wrote this. But definitely, I don't. That what? Why would you? I, I don't know. That's it. Sounded way so petty and just like I don't. I, I want. I want to break down. I, I do want to break down. So I do want to break down this thing. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Um, then, keep going. That just that that blew my. They say Monday Night Raw is a scripted TV show whose characters are expected to perform to the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver as advertised at tonight's main event. So I want to break down this thing because um, it's the most official thing and it's not necessarily speculation. Um, not to say the Fightful Select reports isn't speculation. It could have very well happened. 
However, I want to break down the WWE official thing and then we'll kind of go back and kind of supplement it with the information that we kind of heard since then. Um, during the broadcast, they walked into WWE head of talent relation, John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed the tag team championship belts on their desk and walked out. This is interesting because I've, I, I feel like I highly doubt that's the extent of what happened unless this happened all after the fact of the discussions and arguments and shit that happened. But it makes it seem like, hey, we had a good run. We're out of here. And they put the belts on the desk and they walked out. I'm, it's, it's a little, you know, I need a little bit more on that because I doubt that's exactly what happened. Um, well, it probably is exactly what happened, but I doubt that's what everything that, led that, to. Well, yeah, that, that wasn't how it started. Some, there was something before that that got to that point where they were willing to grab their suitcases and drop their belt on the table, the belt that they worked so hard well, to try to push. You know what I mean? So the next part, so the next part says they claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. <clears throat> I want to supplement this with the follow-up to the FIFO Select report saying um, those who spoke in the match indicated that the match was be constructed to not have Naomi interact with Sasha Banks or Dewdrop coming in contact with Nikki Ash during the match itself. The working plan was for Naomi to pin Nikki Ash, not Naomi pin spec- Sasha Banks, as speculated. Um, those close to the situation said that, you know, well, I'll get into that part. Um, we're told uh, in regards to the pitch, Nikki, Nikki and Dudra versus Sasha Banks and Naomi pay-per-view match was turned down, and there was a pitch instead for them to have instead interfere in the Naomi versus Bianca Belair match on pay-per-view, which was also turned down. Um, so it seems like the plan that wanted to move forward based on this was Naomi versus Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell mm-hmm. pay-per-view. I'm going to say this. If you ask me which match I would rather want to see, it's probably Naomi versus Bianca Belair. However, I do get the situation of kind of everything and all the speculation that's kind of like followed up after the fact. Um, Whether Naomi felt like she wasn't the first decision, whether she felt like it wasn't right for the tag team thing. um, It seemed like a lot of things had been built up to this point or at least reaching to this point what were you guys in terms of the naomi versus bianca belair kind of like tidbit and all of this what do you guys kind of think on that because i would love to see that match and it's a shame that we're not seeing it and in a way i kind of see where wwe is going from because they kind of also hinted or at least uh there's rumors as well that there's supposed to be sasha banks versus ronda rousey as well and from a booking standpoint, I see where WWE is trying to go at at this point, but it, they're very much. It seems like I'm trying to figure out now where the disconnect where Naomi and Sasha Banks weren't happy with this. I think for me, it's like when you see it, it's like yeah, the thought of your women's tag team champions the fighting for both titles would be cool, but. It's cool. It's like lit. It's like, oh wow. Yeah, like these are top tier champions. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I know those tag team belts, It's a backhanded compliment, yeah, kind of, in a sense. Those tag team titles mean a lot to Sasha. And if you remember, I think the first time that she had kind of had her little uh 
disappearing moment was because of the tag team titles. I think when her and Bailey lost it the first time, I'm pretty sure that that had something to do with her leaving. So she she takes pride in like those titles. She wants them to be a focal point when she has them, and I get that. And then I think she's really doing that for Naomi too, because it's like this is Naomi's first title since what 2017. Yeah. So we're talking five years, and so like she wants to be put in a prominent spot, but I think she's also doing that for more so for Naomi. But like, I think as much as we want to see those matches, it's like we have those matches at Hell in a Cell, and then maybe you do rematches, maybe not. Maybe you end up switching it around somehow. But then it's like for about two and a half months, your tag team champions aren't really teaming. They're kind of on solo chases and not really defending the titles when clearly the storyline you have going with Dewdrop and they or Nikki Ash is to get, you know, make them a team and have them fight for the tag title. So I, I see where, where they just want to have a prominent storyline. The teams are already there. You can make the storyline instantly. Then to kind of go all around and do this, knowing they're not going to win in the end. And I, I don't think it's more so on, Bianca, they don't want to fight Bianca. It's just kind of like it's pointless. Yeah, it's like they feel in their eyes. It's very, um, you know, it doesn't make any sense for them to have this while they're. You know what, Quan? What are your thoughts on this? I'm with y'all. Um, I do agree. I think I would have liked to see Naomi versus Bianca. Cause I would just like to see Naomi in a big singles match on a pay-per-view, because like you guys said, it's been a long time since she's been in one. Um, but, and I told, but I also totally understand Sasha's been very passionate about the uh, about the tag division since it started. This was her idea. This is her baby, her and Bailey's idea. They've been pushing for but, this for years. Right. And, no, I mean... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I don't think this is about the tag team titles as much as I think it's more so the optics of the situation in terms of how it actually looks for them. I don't think this is much more about the tag team titles because I think in any other situation, which has happened in past situation, um, I don't think she wants to be kind of played for a fool so many times. And to be honest with you, um, not necessarily because we'll talk about Sasha Banks and her kind of role in all this as well, but Naomi and Sasha Banks are on the run of a a pretty damn good run, to be honest with you. It's, it's, this I is mean, Naomi's best run in WWE ever. Um, you know, you know, you guys know I keep the stats that I have. Um, yeah, my she is she's wrestled 19 times on TV, which I believe is. Let's see, let me just do this real quick. That makes her. She has this the fifth most matches on WWE TV this year. Her record on TV is 13 five and one, which is a, a 69 percent win percentage this year so she's having a great great year yeah i think she's having so i think what's weird for me is and again this is now this is going to become overall i think this is an argument between what the company wants to do and what you guys think is right and ultimately the company is going to do what they want to do at the end of the day because this is Vince McMahon's company um, and it's similar and it's weird because we're coming out of 26 seconds and I think we're just recovering from this and then this happens. And now we're, it's kind of like revisiting or opening old wounds or something of the rather. Um, however, I don't think, yeah, I don't think this is about the tag team titles. I think this is about the optics of the situation. I think Sasha Banks and Naomi 
um, as much as it's, it's about two things. I think they're on the run of a lifetime right now. And even before they won the tag team championships, I think them being put in this situation wasn't ideal for them, but they made it work. I think, um, Naomi possibly wanted that big WrestleMania match versus Sonya Deville. Maybe Sasha Banks was rumored to be in the match with Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, which then turned into Ronda Rousey or something of the rather. I guess they were promised prominent spots and they got a prominent spot. They became the first ever black women's tag team champions in WWE. That is no history to balk at. That is incredible. Um, and for the last number of months or the last, I guess, number of weeks, rather, um, they've had great defenses. They've had great programs. Rhea and Liv, as short as their tag team was, they still managed to pull out a lot of great matches and the great programs with them. Um, just last Friday, we we're going to talk about it, but Shayna versus Natalia, Shayna and Natalia, big match that they promoted on SmackDown. These are tag team championship matches that you're promoting Sasha Banks, Naomi versus Shayna Baszler and Natalia. And it's like, okay, get excited for this. They have the next upcoming match and they see the next contenders as Dewdrop and Nikki. And I'm sure they're interested in working with them too, but to kind of break them off from this entire situation for the Bianca Belair feud. And a, and a potentially a Ronda Rousey feud that has been unconfirmed, but it you know it's all speculation at this point. But to break it all for that, and then to lose, and then essentially it's like we just need someone to lose for this pay per view. I guess that's where the feeling kind of comes in, because it's like wait, but why are we doing this? My entire thing always has been like, yo, let's make it make sense. Let's uh, right. like. Let's make it make sense. Like, why are we necessarily, why does it have to be Naomi and Sasha if they're tag team champions? Like, if they already have their own set of goals and championship match, why do they have to be? And to be honest with you, a great answer is because they're popular as fuck. <laughs> Very. But I don't think you need, this has always been my kind of thing. I don't think you need to be detrimental to one thing to improve another thing. I don't think, I think you can work it out in ways. And yeah, it's sometimes it's a less spectacular, less shiny way, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's weird because I don't think this needs needed to happen at all. Me, me, my whole thing was, is that these, this is probably the best tag team women's tag team championship run we've seen since they had the two women power trip during the pandemic with Bailey and Sasha, in my opinion. Yeah. My thing is this whole Bianca storyline is her, Asuka, and Becky. So what would have been the point to swerve all that to have Naomi win? When I know I thought like okay, we're getting Becky and Oscar, which should have happened because last week Oscar and Bianca had the contenders uh, match or whatever. Becky interfered. Okay, so these two should be fighting for the number one contender spot, which happened, and Oscar won. And what's probably going to happen at Hell is a Cell, they're going to have the match and Becky interferes. And then the next pay-per-view, we have a triple threat match, which makes sense. So it's just like, I'd rather have that than for them to go they give Naomi was hell in a cell about three weeks from now. Two yeah. I'd rather that than to have Naomi and Bianca try to make something work out of three weeks where they probably won't have that much interaction like that. And then the match happens 
and it's either short for time or even the dewdrop thing happens. So everybody's excited for this first time match between Naomi and Bianca and yeah. a DQ happens. Which would be cool because like, okay, we're saving it for later, but y'all could have avoided this all from this. You could have avoided it by just <laughs> yeah. So that's how I see and that's why I like, I can't be mad at them. Like I yeah, walking out is not cool, but like I can't be mad at them. My only my my only thing with walking out is I'm a big believer in uh fuck this job. I'm I'm Mr. <laughs> fuck this job. But in my only this is my only beef of walking out. As an entertainer, you're letting down your coworkers when you do that. Because of y'all cause because y'all left now Nikki and Dewdrop, even though I mean they probably could have put him in the match anyway. But now they they lost the I mean, they don't the the champions left. But I'm just yeah, <laughs> they don't need to tag team champ. I'm just saying left, I'm, so I'm just talking about weird. main eventing raw. That was they could have had a, a raw main event on them and now they don't have it. Sure. And then the other thing is just the fans that paid to see you. I think that it kind of sucks that they they kind of get, you know, shafted because you didn't like what was going on or whatever. You left <laughs> right before the show started. Though that's my only beef with walking out. Um, but besides that, hey man, like if that's how you feel, I said the same thing about Tony Storm um, when she left. I said, look, man, if that's how you feel. You don't don't put up with it if you don't feel like it. But um. Yeah, man, this whole situation is just really interesting because there's so many different optics and variables of it. But I truly think the worst part of all this was the statement. The statement, yeah. to me, was like, okay, what did WWE think they were going to gain by doing this? Did they think people were going to side with them? I think it's a, it, it would have been a stronger case of less is more in the statement. Yeah, they yeah. didn't have to less explain that, that the title yeah. they did just like... Right. And and less is kind of like you make it a one paragraph thing. They were on the show. They no longer at the show. Um, they have walked out. Um, we apologize for anything and kind of left it at that. But then you have things like, OK. And, and this is this is, you know, this is verbatim from the WWE statement. They said they claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. Even though they had eight hours, eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, that is so sassy. That is, I was like, yo. Even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, even though they had, this isn't just a a. To me, this isn't on Sasha Banks and Naomi. Mm-mm. This is a company thing because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not that they had eight hours to rehearse and construct yeah. their match. You guys also had <laughs> eight hours. To figure this thing out um and, and ultimately i mean they figured it out they didn't necessarily want to budge but that was also very i didn't like that nasty um, nasty. i even think they to, to go ahead to fix the whole situation if they one thing to even make it work for everybody would have been how about you say you know nikki and dewdrop attacked naomi and sasha before the show making this a fatal four-way which will end up you got well but because when because when talent walk out of the show, you have no idea if they're going to come back or be welcome back right. in any instance. Yeah, right. So you can't necessarily. So especially if apparently they placed their tag team championship belts on the desk and walked out, you have no idea if they're ever going to return or when they're going to return. Stone Cold Steve Austin took a damn near a whole year to return from walking out of the WWE. Yeah. Mustafa Ali not necessarily walked out of the WWE, but just said, "I'm not showing back up." And it took him months to show back up. 
So we have no idea actually when's the next time we'll see Sasha Banks and Naomi. So I don't think they wanted to necessarily like, oh, let's include this in the in a programmer storyline short term. Maybe if they had a weekend, they think about it, it was like, oh, this might be the best to do because we're gonna plan this out long term. Mm-hmm. But over the course of an hour or so, yeah, they probably were like, nah, they just um did that. But um the next part says they claim they're uncomfortable in the ring with their two opponents, even though they had matches with those individuals in the past and no consequence. I don't believe unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, one, yeah, I also don't believe that part. And two, it opens up a lot of critic <laughs> a lot of critic uh people criticizing the people within the match. Is it Becky and Asuka? Is it Dewdrop and Nikki? When I don't think W they had the wording says they're uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, but I don't think they're uncomfortable in the ring. I think they're uncomfortable with what they were scheduled to do. Mm-hmm. Um or they didn't didn't necessarily believe in the thing that we're gonna do. I don't think they have any problem with any of the four women, other four women in the match, especially Naomi. Doesn't even seem like her. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It plus, all four, um, all four of those women, other women in the match have been known to be great workers. So I, it, you know what I mean? Like they've all wrestled they, each other they, at some point. That's why it's like, yeah. come on now. Is breaking down the situation and seeing. I don't know. I'm not necessarily calling foul on, you know, WWE because at the end of the day, this is their company. I always say that. This is their company. They're doing what's works best in the interest for them. If they want this to happen, it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen and something else is going to happen. But, um, it, it, this entire situation, I'm a, I'm just kind of shocked that they chose to walk out in this situation. I'm shocked at WWE's statement in this situation. I don't think walking out was the right answer. I don't think this follow-up statement was the right answer either. I think it would have been way better to be discreet because now you look under magnifying glass. And I always look at this and say, and this isn't, people are going to say, you know, I mean, it's definitely not about race. I don't think this situation is about race. But you do include two African-American women in this. And it allows them to be criticized unfairly by labeling them in a certain light or putting them in a certain light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, they straight up called them unprofessional on TV. Like, you know, like we know, we know how it is. Well, we, obviously, we're not black women, but we've been around black women. We've grown around black women. We've heard black women speak. We know, you know, the microaggressions toward black women in the workplace, especially when they voice their opinion on things they don't want to do. So to call them unprofessional, not only in a statement, but also on TV multiple times, it's not a good look. The optics of this whole situation just come off as it just, it just it comes off really nasty on WWE's side. And this is not to a. Uh, you know, but I mean, on I'm trying to, eyes. it's weird because I'm so devil's advocate on, because I see both sides. Me too. I, 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 I understand as, as a business WWE, like you said, they have to do what they have to do. You know what I mean? This is, this is Brett screwed Brett kind of situation where like, look, and Bianca, we, we, Bianca Belair is the top star. And if they is like, yo, we need someone to hold over for this person. And they want Naomi because Naomi, they know, okay, we're going to, yeah, at least be able to sell some, you know, other merch or sell some tickets to get put some eyes on the division. It, it gives them that. Maybe they want to do that. I don't necessarily know, 
But for just this entire, the way this is all kind of like wrapped up and ran out, like this is just, it's just bad. Yeah, it's not good. It's just, it's a bad look. I, I, I'm always, and this is my own personal opinion. This is not, I'm not calling WWE racist or anything like that, but it always things me when like publicly women, especially black women are kind of like put in this certain light when that doesn't necessarily seem to be the entire case. It seems like more so they're saying for themselves. To me, this is ultimately a disagreement. That's yeah, a disagreement between parties. That's blown out of proportions. When you have this, you, you know, it, it makes them come off as, you know, Spoils like spoiled dismissive, kids. spoiled, um, unable to work with one another and stuff like that. When they were willing to work, it just wasn't in the way that everyone wanted to work. And people talk about, yo, if men did this stuff like that as well, I think it's happened with men as well. Look at history. It, 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 these women are not the first. They may be the first women to walk out in quite a while. I think probably the, I don't, I don't know if Alundra Blaze counts as someone who walked out. She certainly fucked up her situation for herself for quite some many years. Yeah. But, you know, it, this situation, it just looks bad in general for me. And it, it allows people, it allows people to criticize and kind of say anything that they want to say and hold them as unprofessional and stuff like that, especially for Naomi, who I don't think, who I think is standing up for herself in this situation, looking at someone who's been with the WWE for an over a decade and being like, why are we doing this? Why am I always put in this situation to do this? Because you know? she's, she's forever going to be one of the most over superstars beloved. Yeah. And it's like, yo, we can use you because you're going to be over no matter what. It doesn't matter. And I think but she's, she's probably looking at it like, yo, why are we doing yeah, this? Yeah, like why? I She's like that one that's like, I haven't got that moment yet like Sasha and the Bianca have and I think she's just kind of wanting to have her moment I think this is she wants this kind of run with the tag titles kind of be like that big moment for her so I have I have two more questions on this subject before we move on the first question is where do we go from here with Sasha Banks because this is not the first time that Sasha Banks or the second or the second has been kind of absent when WWE has kind of needed her in this in a position. Once again, we're talking about WrestleMania 35. She opts. She says, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to quit. WWE says, you know what? Take some time off. Do your thing. Then we have before SummerSlam last year. Not sure what the situation is. Still unconfirmed what the situation is, but she's a no-show for that SummerSlam as well, even though it was highly promoted. Um, And things have to change around that. This is kind of the third time where you kind of have to shift a lot of the plans that you have moving on because Sasha Banks has kind of not agreed or stepped out or something of the rather. What if you were... Well, no, let me not say that. (laughs) Where does Sasha Banks go from here? Do we just, I mean, this is, you kind of got to accept it the third time or you, or you kind of have to have a real discussion now of like, okay, how many times is this going to happen? I think, I I think that at this point, you got to just accept this is kind of, Sasha is clearly passionate about like her, how she wants to be portrayed, how she wants things to go, and how she kind of, now, 
I wouldn't say she's selfish, but I think we we've clearly seen she wants to look in the best interest of people involved. Because I mean, like like I said, we this is not only the first time she's done this, but in terms of the tag titles, it's the second kind of iteration of this. So I think you have to understand, like especially with like I was saying earlier with the tag titles, this is her baby. This is kind of her creation. So it probably hits a lot different. And she's doing it one one of the closest people she probably has on the roster outside of the four horsewomen mm-hmm. so it's one of those things where it's like she's doing this she just wants these titles to mean something big and just kind of this whole thing about her and Naomi to be big and they're kind of they're kind of just moving with the flow with them instead of kind of putting them in a prominent place that they want to be seen as tag champs and I think at this point I think you know she's the son you have to accept and the son they're going to work on. She always comes back in the end. I think that's not, that's something they don't have to worry about, but it's kind of just getting things right. She just wants things to be right. But in a weird situation, it's like at the end of the day, you know, it's not the Sasha show. Yeah. That's the, there are going to be some situations that she has no control over and she has no decision on it. So every time that she doesn't want to do something or doesn't agree with something, I think WWE has to, change the way they do things for another three to six months because she doesn't want to do it the way they want to do it. It, it to me it looks like there needs to be at least some sort of um repercussions in my opinion if i were if i were in vince's shoes i mean i can't know some big shoes i guess yeah <laughs> as, as someone as someone running a company like you just can't let it rock Quan, what do you think yeah um do I think any kind of suspensions or releases are going to happen? No, unless you know Sasha and you know Naomi ask for it, which I don't. I don't think they will. Um, but yeah, it's it's just yeah. What do you really do? Because like we've said, this isn't the first time Sasha's kind of been in a situation where she ended up leaving and had to shift. You know, a whole storyline with other people involved. It's a, you know what it kind of reminds me of. It reminds me of. Um, I don't want to say they're the same people, but it kind of kind of reminds me of the Kyrie situation where, like, I understand you're passionate about this, but you're affecting other people. It's not just mm-hmm. you. You know what I mean? You're fucking this up for everybody. There's, there's way you... too much similarities in Kyrie and Sasha. A lot of similarities. <laughs> that's another story for another day. I don't want to call Sasha Kyrie, but it's just like, it's not, like you said, it's not just the Sasha show. The WWE is a, a is tens of thousands of employees there, and a lot of them are depending on you to do your part so that they can do their part. And if so, like yeah, I guess I'm with you, Mills. You kind of have to give them some kind of repercussion. Like yo, you can't keep doing this to us. You're fucking us up. You're fucking up our money up. You're fucking up whatever we had going for Bianca. We're fucking up whatever we had going for, you know. The main event of Summer a SummerSlam or something like we don't yeah to be honest yeah if they had Sasha on anything or go- doing anything moving forward her walking out and there being kind of no resolution to this at this point kind of like puts a lot of things up in air my, yeah. my, you know what I'm saying my fear is with this just the whole it's not even with, I think with Naomi it's kind of like the reaction it'll get if she gets suspended because well, you know how well, that's people, my people are with Naomi. 
for some reason. That's my that was my second question. That was my second question. So the final question I have is the public opinion is and it's for the there's various public opinion that Sasha Banks and Naomi have been mistreated in this situation. Um I Wait. don't agree. Well, you know you know my um, theory of uh <laughs> certain people aren't allowed to lose. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't agree they were mistreated in this situation. Ultimately, I believe the situation was a conflict between two parties who wanted different who had different ideas of how things. Yeah, and this has been this has happened in wrestling so many different times before. Um, I don't even think that the now it looks bad in terms of my optics of it from a racial standpoint is like how now they're being talked to and treated at. Well, I, I saw because a of, terrible post with Naomi. I I don't want to bring. Yeah, it just... and it's but it's always going to happen. It, it's it's sad because it's always going to happen with it. But the situation makes it no better. It, you know, and, you know what it is. It's just like the Tony Khan tweet, the big swole. It opened up the floodgates for people to criticize. The it big opened swole. up the floodgates to talk crazy about this woman in any situation. Yeah, which I hate. Yeah, like people who aren't educated because they said they. He said that Big Swole was not a good enough wrestler to be on his roster. Which is a lie. Cause... And now it now he opens up the floodgates for everybody and they mama to talk about this, this, that. They were talking about her daughter and all types yeah. of other shit like that. Like, it's crazy. And that's what I think he opens up these floodgates for. That's why I wish WWE's thing was a little bit shorter, more succinct, and less like, okay, we're laying this out. Um, because I don't think there was any benefit in doing all of this. That, that was my whole I don't think there was. I don't, yeah, I, I don't think there was any benefit at all. Um, I don't think they were mistreated. I think once again, this is, I've said this before, this is a conflict. It's going to be resolved or not going to be resolved. I mean, it just is one party wants something or believes they're, you know, entitled to this as whatever character they have or whatever thing they have. And one company says like, but we'd rather go this option. And this has been going on in WWE for ever forever and you can say it's fake and it is fake but ultimately people have agencies with their characters because this is their job and they put a lot into it they put a lot lot of themselves into this into their characters into who they are i can't call the shit fake but also niggas are there five days a week you know, rustling around every city and 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 being provided opportunities and all these other stuff like that, and say just kind of and kind of dismiss it. Um, I think it's very much so. People feel like they're entitled to something. They feel like they're a big enough star. They feel like they're high off on the food chain and stuff like that to say like, listen, I don't agree with this. You always said if we don't agree with something, come talk to me and we'll figure it out. And this is one of them situations, and it just didn't pan out right. I don't know when we'll see Sasha Banks and Naomi again. Uh, walkouts typically, uh, Vince McMahon usually, uh, from what I've heard in history, does not like walkouts. I mean, he made it he made it up abundantly clear with Stone Cold. If we want to go go back to that, he <laughs> that was that was his uh his number one guy, and they took his ball and left. They, they that was the they, big state. That was the big headline. He took I, his ball and went home. I'd never heard that that phrase before before uh, WWE. <laughs> ingrained it in my brain for a whole month about how Stone Cold took his ball and went home and then had a whole episode. Remember that episode of Confidential they did? I remember, remember it, yeah. I remember it vividly. That 
and I was like, damn, they really, <laughs> they really don't like this guy. They had a whole magazine <laughs> thing. They interviewed Jim Ross and all this other shit like that. I remember it. I remember it all. Yeah. So that this that whole thing with um, uh, saying, oh no, this has never happened to anybody before. WWE shitting on them on TV. That's cap. Also, comparing this, I saw, I kept seeing the comparisons of Charlotte and Becky to this, um, with their little spat on TV a few months back. I don't think this is the same. I don't think you can compare those two things. Um, no, no, not at were all. Were they both unprofessional? Yeah, but that was more. They didn't uh, leave. Yeah, that was more between <laughs> you know I mean? beef of two superstars than beef with it or issues with the company. Yeah, it's a mess, man. It's a mess. Listen, um, last news I heard about this is that PWInsider.com said the original plan for Raw would have been Banks and Naomi featured in two or three segments, building up the idea that they would be facing off in the six-pack challenge. Raw would have gone off the air with the pair celebrating that Naomi was going to Belair, going to face Belair at Hell in a Cell. The conceived storyline idea was Naomi would then go on to Hell in a Cell to lose Bianca Belair. And there's some believe that SmackDown and Angle would have been shot for Sasha Banks to wrestle and lose to Ronda Rousey, likely also at Hell in a Cell. So the SmackDown Women's Champion would have effectively been used to put over Raw and SmackDown Championship title holders. We're told at some point during the day, likely after initial concern that creative were raised, there was an alternative idea that would have had Banks and Naomi have a short tag team match instead and be beat down after to set up a different program. One source cited that their opponents would have been Nikki Ash and Dewdrop, but we have not 100% confirmed that to be the case. We were told shortly before Raw, Bax and Naomi were informed by WWE producer that WWE was going over this with going going with the six pack challenge direction with Naomi going over. Shortly after, they informed John Laurinaitis they were leaving. PWInsider.com is told Vince McMahon sitting in gorilla position was told about the talents leaving just as or right after Raw went on air. The segment, the Becky Lynch, Adam Pierce segment was pitched on the spot and Vince McMahon ordered for it to be shot, placed in the show and started explaining the change then by now main event. The belief among some is that the creative issue was not with Banks losing to Naomi, but how the duo would have been portrayed over the next several weeks, especially after they had put so much time in building their team. Once Vince McMahon issued an edict that they would be teaming and winning the women's tag team titles at WrestleMania 38. And after that, diving into building a tag team, they were going to wrestle each other, go off to put over all the talents, leaving them exactly where they <laughs> were, which is apparently the crux of their issue. The WWE plan looks to have been the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships would have been downplayed until their next program after Hell in a Cell concluded. So that is the little bit that we have on this. Damn, this went really over. We had other news. Uh, we'll get into I guess we'll do it quickly. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll do this quickly. MJF contract news. You know what? I'm not sure if you want to talk about that on War Report, Juan. MJF contract stuff with AEW, but um, I was I was gonna put it on the docket, but I, I'm probably talking to Cyrus because it's it's not news because we don't have it doesn't matter until two more years anyway. Right. So <laughs> and that's for a lot of superstars on yeah, AEW it does, or wrestlers. It doesn't sorry. matter. Yeah, MJF contract situation is belief that, you know, there's a lot of back and forth between, like, because he's been so open and flagrantly, you know, just kind of saying, like, listen, my contract is up in 2024, WWE has interest, what y'all niggas gonna do? There's been talks about renewing and all this other shit like that. 
all types of talks that apparently blew up in their face. But um, we'll see how this concludes. Maybe this is something that we'll talk about next week once more news came out. Um, Ric Flair wants to have his last match for a third time. Ric Flair is training for an in-ring match. Boy, if you don't sit your ass down. How many times we have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> I don't even remember Listen. how his impact one ended. <laughs> With his pants down? I don't remember either. What was it was against Hogan? As hell. <laughs> I don't remember. It was like a cage match or something. I remember his pants was off his ass, though. It had to be against Hogan. Yuck. Sting jumping off of shit has revitalized and he was like I can do this shit too. Oh Terry Funk. I can do this shit. Terry Funk about to come back out of nowhere for the twentieth time. Terry Funk never retired. Never. Yeah. Terry Funk retired when he died. Yeah. Terry Funk alive? Um He says he's alive. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I believe he's alive too. So. Um so that's the thing that's going to happen. So watch out. Ric Flair might be in an AEW ring. The last match was against WWE. Nah, it's a Jim Crockett promotions, they said. Oh, Jim Crockett? Yeah. What? Yeah. They back? Yeah. It's in Nashville. <laughs> it's in Nashville, and they said they haven't announced who he's facing yet. But There was a, there was a rumor it was Ricky Steamboat. I don't know the health Steam, of Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, Steamboat isn't in good health for that. Yeah. Low-key? They could probably put on a nice little three star match. Low key, I think Steamboat Flair could do it. Steamboat I don't want to see it. Carry that the hell out of that match. I don't want to see it, but I think they could do it. It's gonna probably Low be key. a homeboy from Rock and Roll Express. Uh, who? Which one does the the, the destroy? Ricky Morton, right? <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be them too. I hope he don't want to try to fight like an Andrade or somebody because I'm I. No. Well, he'd been, he'd been training with Jay Lethal, so it might be like a tag match with Jay Lethal involved or something. Jesus. <sighs> Sit down, old man. Go build, go home and be a family man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> go home. <laughs> I don't think they want him home. <laughs> go home and be a family man. That's my theory. But oh. I, I, I just... I don't know with Rick, man. I don't know. Cause even when his WWE career was ending, he couldn't. He didn't do much, and it's like, so you're gonna expect what are we gonna pop for the flare flop and the 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 figure four, which probably isn't gonna look good. It'll probably be what, slower. What if he What if he goes to the top rope and get thrown I, off? He, he getting back up? Hell no! You saw what he did, Money. In, <laughs> you did you see Money in the Bank in goddamn two thousand and five? He couldn't when he took You're that suplex. He was, he took that suplex from Matt Hardy. You thought he would have died. If he take a suplex from the top rope, now he might turn into dust. I I, I just don't want Ric Flair wrestling At in, in two thousand. I swear, I'm, 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 if he tries I'm to hit a super kick or a destroyer or any of these new moves, I'm um zero stars. Um, last bit of news: Nash Carter recent release <laughs> from WWE NXT. Um, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a page from Amp and niggas that need their ass beat. Second, <laughs> um, he made a set. You know, he made a statement on his Twitter yesterday about his release and kind of everything that happened all after the fact. Um. It says, a statement by Zachary Green, which is his real name, no words can truly describe how ashamed and apologetic I am for the conduct in the photograph. 
There is no excuse for such behavior, and I take full responsibility for my actions and ask for forgiveness. This picture was taken in 2015, a time where I was uneducated on the topic and therefore didn't understand the magnitude of how hurtful it was. I'm going to stop right there. Nothing else matters. Um, <laughs> actually, no. He just, uh, I would spend time in social media refreshing and re-educate about the horrors of the Holocaust and stuff like that. Fuck that. None of that shit matters. You are a grown man. A grown-ass man. A grown-ass man. And you know enough about Hitler to parody it. But you apparently didn't know enough about how the Holocaust affected a major group of people and it was like a whole genocide thing. Get the fuck out of yeah, here, that's, bro. That's such BS. Uh, like I don't like extortion <laughs> at all. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of extortion at all. No, not cool. I don't support it. Not cool at all. But this was kind of low key stupider. Like this was this was this was kind of dumb. Like I I fully believe wrestlers are dumb now. Bro, look, it, it's not like he parodied some like unknown guy. Hitler's probably like top ten most famous people ever in the history of human famous beings. In history, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone, everyone from every culture knows who Hitler is. So there's no excuse. You knew what you were doing. You knew what the mustache was. You knew what the Nazi salute was. When all actuality, all you need to say was, hey, I was young, I was dumb, I fucked up trying to be edgy on the internet. Or something like that. That's all you had to say. To say that you didn't know. Or, or, to, impress, or to impress my yeah. some chick. To say was wild as fuck. It was wild. You know, that's that's them over there. But, like, to say <laughs> <laughs> to say you, you didn't know the magnitude of what Hitler did or the Holocaust is absolutely insane in the year 2000. What was it? You said 2015? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, bullshit. It's, I, I don't like that. Yeah, ever see get, that? Get him out of here. That episode of Family Guy where uh, Stewie turns mad slow at Brian after he says something out of pocket. I feel like that's what Wesley did when he saw that tweet. Just like <laughs> you, you ruined my whole our whole thing, and you are gonna tweet that saying you don't know? Like, come on, bro. Come on, man. Come on. Um, all right, that's a little bit of news. Let's head into the show. Oh this wait, because we actually. Go ahead. Um, so I'm 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 reading some things from the so I guess Matt Cardona made some type of tweet mocking Sasha and Naomi and guess the pe- person who came to the in defense. Who? CM Punk. Oh he came in and defended him. He was because Cardona was like, if I could go back time. Oh, <laughs> he was like, if I could go back in time tonight, I was pushed off the stage in a wheelchair on Raw. I should have walked into Johnny Ace's office, placed my neck brace on the table, and walked out because I wasn't being respected enough as internet champion. So CM Punk replied, if you go back in time to stand up for yourself, you should stand up for the workers now. Look at look at <laughs> all right. Look at that. <laughs> what a fucking CM Punk, classic, classic, yeah, classic supporter of walking out. <laughs> if it's not right, walk out, baby. Um, let's say that, you know, yeah, what a dickhead. Um, let's head to the shows this week. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow past a lot. I'm gonna blow past this women's tag team title thing because it really doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, this week on SmackDown, it was actually a really good episode of SmackDown. It's a shame that it happened during, I think, what NBA game? Bucks Golden State Six. Warriors. But Buck Celtics yeah. six. There it was. Yep, it was absolutely that. Shame it happened during then, but also at least it didn't happen at five thirty in the afternoon. Right. But <laughs> um, 
I love the encounter between Sami Zayn, the Bloodline, Riddle, <laughs> RK Bro, and just this entire kind of mix. It's something that I always love, where WWE expands the ecosystem. Trust me, the Bloodline versus one random opponent gets old. Bringing in other factors like Sami Zayn, bringing in Riddle and RK Bro, Riddle and why well, keep saying RK Bro, Randy Orton into this, amazing. I thought Riddle kneeing the shit out of Roman Reigns Bro. to end the show was awesome. I heard my head was down, and all I heard was, I said, oh, what happened? Yeah, and Roman so much. He sold that. Like, what the f- you were like, Yo, how did they didn't jump him? I don't know. Oh, they got it quick. But- Riddle was ready. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> Yo. Incredible segment to close the show. Very subtle and stuff like that. This week, we have the Unified Tag Team Championship match, which is probably going to happen. Raw Raw Tag Team Champions versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions at the main event of SmackDown. I don't know what's going to happen. The crowd's going to be hot, and I hope this is – I hope they give this match at least – this got to be like a 20, 25-minute. Easily, easily. I'm giving it the last half hour of SmackDown. They have sure. Make it commercial-free. Give us – give us – is there any playoff games on Friday? Make it commercial free. <laughs> I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of picture in picture, bro. I'm tired of picture in picture. I'm tired of commercial free. I need a break. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, Raquel Rodriguez answered the challenge. We had Raquel Rodriguez versus Ronda Rousey. Big, big, big match for Raquel. And then also Ronda Rousey going in someone. This is her time to step up her competition what did you guys feel about raquel's uh i guess i mean this isn't her debut but this is kind of her coming out party in this kind of match i was surprised oh you can go kwan no i was just gonna say if anything i think this is what ronda needs because if you remember her first run she got over because her matches were really really good it wasn't any promos Mm -hmm. or anything like that so I think if they get back to the essence of what made Ronda so popular in the first place, just whooping having really ass. good matches. Yeah, just whooping <laughs> girls' asses and having really good matches. I think that benefits both people. Plus, I I think they understand, SmackDown understands, especially now, that they need, you know, women to step up and, you know, smack because, you know, because they just lost two now. So these women got to step I'm up. I'm almost sure Bailey's in speed dial right now. Oh, I'm yes. almost sure. I, I wouldn't be shocked if she was here on, on there on Friday. I wouldn't even be shocked if she came out. It's like this is this was this was a good segment for both parties involved, I think. And I think they should keep going with this. Have Ronda have really competitive matches with the rest of the girls. I would love to see Ronda Shotzi. Who else is on SmackDown? Ronda, um Aaliyah. Ronda Aaliyah. Ronda Aaliyah. Ronda Do some martial arts stuff. I don't know. They I mean like let's get these let's get these girls moving. Let's get when some they girls both on TV. legit knock each other out. With a double kick, <laughs> it's hard. And, and Vince ain't gonna know what to do. <laughs> They're gonna be six, ten minutes left in the match, and he's just gonna be like, "Well, what we don't." God damn. Um, but how much would you have to be paid to take a chop by Gunther the way Drew Gulak took a chop? Man, I'm gonna need a couple million. But Quan was acting like he can't take a slap to the chest. Man, you be all right. Just one. <laughs> One every I'm week. <laughs> I'm a full boy. I'm going to drop to my knees. It's, right like a little, it's like a spicy Sprite that hits right. a little bit too hard. You're you taking one. Out. It's only one a week. 
every SmackDown, you get chopped once by him backstage. I take that for two mil, three mil every week. What? That's why Gulag doing it now. That damn, I take that over eating that damn chip, boy. I take that right now. <laughs> that's gonna have to be like uh like a thousand. If y'all could get Gunther somehow, that's gonna be have to be like five thousand patrons or something like that. Like take a Gunther chop. Nah, fucking J Five would no no offense to J Five, but he would break in fucking <laughs> <laughs> Damn Mills, you saying you built different? <laughs> Mills is built different. Don't let don't let don't let it fool you. <laughs> oh my god. Um Damn, it's a shame we had to run through SmackDown because that was really good, but we're also pressed are, for time are here. They, are they setting up? I'm assuming that's the setup to Ricochet, Gunther, through Gulak is how we're getting there. I have no idea what they're doing with Ricochet. It was so mind-boggling to me that I was like, yo, Madcap Moss is really out here getting like sympathy points, and Ricochet, Ricochet is just like giving bad advice to drew gulak and shit <laughs> backstage I just, I, as intercontinental champion i see the vision with mad cat moss i just wanted to be known i don't i, I don't know what y'all i see. don't i you I know why and this is going to be controversial but i see a lot of a, a certain man with three letters to his name uh mr hunter and him i saw him with the sledgehammer i said i see why they i could see what they you see Triple H and Madcap Moss? I don't know why, but I can see I can see it. I don't know why. It was he had the sledgehammer. I see I see I was just like I see the look. He's gonna come back with a jean jacket right. like it's a MSG when Triple H returned. Alright, plug out his <laughs> um yeah, uh Butch, shout out to Butch for getting a win. Yeah. Shout out to Butch, man. I they mean, said he Butch. was dead. They said he was gone. He's a world a former world champion at that. He is fully alive here, but yes, shout out to Butch. I mean, that was SmackDown. Raw was very, I mean, to be honest with you, I understand the plight that a lot of people couldn't recover after hearing the news. It could, just couldn't pay attention to the show because the internet was moving so fucking fast. But it was such a good um, Raw. That's the thing. It was like, it's the worst part. From, it, was a, it was a good Raw, too, really and it sucks that <laughs> everything kind of got in the way of it. Steel cage match between Omos and Bobby Lashley. Big black nigga in a cage <laughs> showdown. <laughs> Part two. Part two. <laughs> My thing is, I think we got to stop putting big dudes in steel cage matches because th- for the most part, there's no way to book around them without them looking stupid. Ever since they, the, yeah. ever since the Big I, Show debuted and threw Stone Cold through the cage door, big dudes have been cursed in steel cage matches. The only big dude I remember like solidly winning a steel cage match was and I'm not even sure if he'd want did Rikishi. Hold on, WrestleMania. Oh, that was crazy. You did bring that up. Damn, but he, he that's a wild boy. Hold on. He hit that going flash back. flush too. I, I was looking at that a couple weeks ago. Like, I know whoever that was, ribs was Val Venus. It was Val Venus. I was gonna say Braun Strowman defeating Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 37. I, I forget that match even happens. Every time someone brings up, like, oh, yeah, that did happen, that show, huh? But, shoot, he even did something stupid, what, a year ago when he faced KO and threw him off the cage. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, yeah. It was like. You take something, you win some, you lose some. Neither, you choose your own narrative, you know what I'm saying? It was literally like Omos did the same thing when Braun faced Big Show, but Braun walked off out the door. Omar just stood there, so Bobby was like, I'm going to just roll my ass off the cage. Yeah. 
I will say I'm very surprised about how well Lashley and almost kind of gel together. Yeah. I think the two matches they have had, three matches they've had, um, have all been pretty good. Surprisingly, I was like, okay. And it's even giving Cedric some spots. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's almost birthday. He got himself some Hollywood teeth. You ready to go you see, now? You see, you see yeah. the veneers, right? I, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm glad I'm not the yeah, only one. Up now. I said, Geared I up. said the push is coming. When you get your teeth fixed, the push is coming. We saw, you see, Damian, <laughs> Roman, the push is coming. Listen, they wanted that face. If he's like, in case I got to do a face turn and smile for them kids. Listen, Raquel Rodriguez is all teeth. Her gimmick is all teeth. In back, it, 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 it went from all back to all teeth. <laughs> real, real <laughs> quick. Um, let's see. Uh, we got Mustafa Ali versus Veer. I'm getting hold. Interesting, man. <laughs> getting hold by Veer. Listen, I felt like I saw it coming too. But then re- the Mysterios came back out. And the stem cell re- stem cells apparently kicked in real quick. That was one of my favorite and Mysterio the- masks, by the way. That all pink was dope. Ooh. That was a, that's 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 a nice mask. It's not one of my favorites, but I mean my top. But it's one of the best ones he's had. In a... the, the, the Louis V mask is, is the classic. I'm waiting for him to have an off white one that just says mask. Once he does he had, that, he did that before. He did. Yes, I missed it. Yeah. Damn, he did the off white one. Listen, incredible. So shout out to Mysterious for coming back. I guess they were needed on Raw. Um, AJ and Finn. Tag team, official tag team. My man J5 said, listen, he said last week, like, listen, watch out for how they're going to do Finn now. Win Balor, baby. Because AJ, <laughs> Win Balor, Win is Balor. he here? Win Balor's here. Can we wait another couple of weeks and, or something before sweet. Finn turns to win? Oh, my God. They're sticking him next to AJ Styles, which is a win. Liv Morgan has apparently entered the fold, which is a win. And it looks like they're going up against Judgment Day. Which is a win. Can I ask I think you a if quick, have... quick question though? Sure. Based on the... where are they about to do with Los Lotharios? Because those are the best looking losers I've seen. Because every time they have a match, it's good, but they just lose. There's no money in being an actual tag team in WWE at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what they're doing with Angel Garza because I remember a report saying there was Vince wanted to build him up like an Eddie type, and then and that's Eddie Guerrero. And then he did the thing with the rose to Drew Gulak, then disappeared. Now he's with Umberto. It's like he was definitely kicking flowers up niggas' asses yeah. and sticking them up there. Yeah, so it's it like, a wild um, <laughs> the pandemic era was a wild time, I tell you. Listen, I don't know what they're doing. There's like, I mean, they're on Raw now, or apparently like tag team champ tag teams can float. Anywhere yeah, I'm so at this confused. Point. They just said, you know, oh, since Randy and the Uso is just everywhere. Everybody else could be everywhere too. Yeah, so you know, AJ and Finn, uh, AJ and Finn, handsomely beat them, setting up the match. Liv joins them. Liv and Bullet Club. I'm here for it. Two Bullet Babe. Sweet. Bullet Babe. It's Bullet Babe, but in the term a term of endearment. Or? Oh, did y'all see that article about who was supposed to be in Judgment Day? I saw. I saw what somebody How? else told me. Oh, <laughs> what what he claimed was going on. Look, look, man, Harlan. Harlan, he just submitting scoops himself. <laughs> right. And shit, what are we doing? Some submitting your own damn scoops. <laughs> I was supposed to be in there. source. Me. This is Chelsea Green all over again. <laughs> oh my god, she probably was. She'll probably have a story saying she should have been in it. Uh, absolutely. Um. Let's see. So. 
Um, next one we got. I'm, you know, I'm gonna save the best part for last. In my opinion, the best part of the show for last. Um, Ezekiel and KO has just been my favorite. They don't even have to wrestle. Oh my god! It's gosh. just entertaining. The funniest part of that match was when <laughs> Gable put him in like a headlock, and KO was like, "Yeah, make sure he taps out before he taps out. Make sure he tells admits that he's Elias." I was <laughs> dying. <laughs> he is so funny. He's, I'm putting him up with the rest of the funny Canadians, funny white Canadians. He's just like, oh, this is like, sweaty. Can you <laughs> Colin Mockery, um, Mike Myers, uh, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, funny white Canadians. Kevin Owens is up there. I'm giving it to him. Does Drake count as a funny white Canadian? <laughs> Drake is <laughs> funny. Drake's funny guy. Drake's funny for having no pursuing no interest in professional wrestling before, but also following Nikita Lions. And it was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> fire. Elite. I understand. You hear she about to change her move, I, have a move called the Yam Slam, is what I heard. They're not going to allow that. They might. When they said it was something that rhymes with the Glam Slam, I was like, Clam Slam? That's even, <laughs> wild, that's even wilder. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, Clam Slam, baby. Nah, I'm just waiting for it. I want Vic Joseph to say it, and I want to see what Barrett's reaction is going to be. Is he going to talk about like the the actual vegetable or like, I <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, oh, oh, you know what? Speaking of commentary, I want to talk about this. I want to bring this up. I wrote this in my notes. Jimmy Smith, um, Jimmy Smith might be the most inconsequential, like. Play by play guy I've ever yeah, seen yeah, in yeah. WWE. I always, I always forget he's fucking there, bro. He's, like, he's so he's he very no like, one it's, it's the UFC needs, in him. I think that's why he needs a catchphrase or something. He needs like I don't know. Even Michael Cole has little, like a vintage whatever, whatever. Like Jimmy Smith needs something. It didn't have to be crazy. I don't need him to be color commentary. But give me like a, a catchphrase, something to like. Oh yeah, you're there. Okay, he's, he's just like crazy. He, he's he's got to learn when the moment happens to get like. To be as tight, yeah. because like when remember when they debuted, re- yeah, the the Rhea debut, he kind of was underwhelming with it. It was just like it's Rhea Ripley, and it was like okay, there was no, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I needed some. If it was Cole, he was like, oh my god, it's Rhea. You know, like, all right, it's, I, uh, we gotta wrap this thing up. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um, my food is definitely on its way, and I set it up for two o'clock to show up, and it's two o'clock. Um, Oscar <laughs> versus Becky Lynch. Oscar wins. She's facing Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. Somebody got to do it. Um, it goes best part of the Oscar night. Than Becky. <laughs> best part of the night for me. First of all, the Dat Piff countdown for Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes will be here in two hours, ladies and gentlemen. It's like, oh, Cody, oh, Cody. Uh, Cody's gonna be here. Um, the promo between Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins was fantastic. This is this is peak sports entertainment and two amazing sports entertainers in their bag. It reminded me of the late '80s, early '90s promo of just like the over the top, over the top patriotic guy versus kind of crazy um, psychopath. He's like a G.I. Um, Joe villain or something. Yeah. Villain. Yeah. That you know laugh, what I'm saying? I was laughing at how Seth came on screen because that was hilarious. Seth came on screen like the old, like a villain, like a true villain. It was like, ha, 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 Batman. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> never, like, it was one of those. And I was just like, this is incredible. You know, 
Cody Rhodes saying Hell in a Cell and you didn't even need the volume to know how it sounded because um, <laughs> you could I, just read his lips. I think and... one of the things, too, with Cody's promos now in WWE is, like, what difference from him in AEW is he doesn't have to, like, I think in a lot of those promos in AEW, he had to try to build the star up. And so mm-hmm. sometimes when he was talking, it would just seem like he's kind of going off course and things of that matter. But like here, it was just like straight up. He has a star he could work with, so he can doesn't have to do a bunch of rambling on and trying to like make the stars like Seth. We already know what Seth's capable of, so it kind of just flowed a lot better. But that was, yeah, I, I saw a gif of it, and I already could hear the list without even needing volume. <laughs> What were your thoughts on the promo, Guan? I think you guys nailed it. Um, I've been following and talking about Cody for the past, you know, year and a half now. And the, it's just the difference in the environment, what's kind of allowed in WWE's universe compared to what's allowed. Yeah, what's allowed in AEW. Absolutely. I mean, going from Anthony Agogo and Sammy Guevara to Seth Rollins is like night and day. Um, I'll take Anthony Gogo in WWE, by the way. I'll take him in WWE. I would love oh, to see Anthony Gogo in definitely. PC. PC him in UK would go fire. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'll take him. Yeah, I'll take absolutely. him. I'll take him. Um, That was Monday Night Raw. That was this week in professional wrestling. We talked a lot. Yeah. We talked a lot this week. Um, First of all, I want to thank Quan always for showing up on this episode. We we got two in the we got two in the chamber at this point. So make sure you guys tune into the war report for this week. Where Cyrus, who's apparently debonair and dressed to the T at weddings and shit like that. Cyrus Samuels. Will, you got Cyrus Samuels. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta talk to him about that. But you can follow Quan at the comeback comeback spot and call him a boot licking scut. <laughs> boot licking scum fuck or scum fuck or whatever. I, I gotta go look at that. Um, I wish I didn't delete it. I gotta go look at the, res- the responses because I know they were. The ones I saw on Discord were crazy, so <laughs> I can only yeah, imagine. At least yeah. when I got slandered on Twitter, they just told me I ain't know nothing. I ain't get all that. Oh, no, they <laughs> they told me who the hell names a child Sydney. That was all. Sid, <laughs> you're here. <laughs> Congratulations. Appreciate for graduating. Congratulations. I look forward to seeing you sack a lot of people. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just trying. I'm, I've I got two and a half currently. I've made my presence known early on. Just trying to keep it going. <laughs> Hashtag I am cash out. You already know, man. <laughs> um, You can follow him at the Sid Jones on Twitter. And Instagram. You can follow and Instagram, just in case. Um, You can follow Quan at the comeback spot and nowhere else. You can follow... Me at Meals TV, and of course, you can follow the A Show at the A Show RNC on Twitter. Make sure you subscribe and stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to the Patreon. Make sure you listen to the War Report coming out this week. Make sure you just stay tuned for extra content that we got. Like, listen, the world's a crazy place. We just spent like forty-five minutes talking about two black women who walked out their jobs. Um, I wish them the best, no matter what happens at the end of the day. And I hope that the situation turns out on the right side because. I would rather have Naomi and Sasha Banks in WWE than not have Naomi and Sasha Banks in WWE. Um, but with that said, thank you guys. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Take care.